Siddur Snippet Series is generously sponsored by the Saka family in memory of Joseph Saka. It's a major milestone tonight. We begin the Amida after I think close to 380 snippets beginning from Moda'ani. We're finally up to what is the core and what is the central, what is the essential part of davening. It's called the Amida because it's the part of davening that we literally stand before Hashem. And for many people, most people don't appreciate it's actually the only part of davening that we're talking to Hashem. Every other, part of, every other part of davening, from the very beginning until the Amidah, and after the Amidah until the end, we're talking about Hashem, we're learning, we're studying, we're meditating, we're reflecting, we're understanding the contrast between us and Hashem. The Amidah is the part of davening that we literally stand before Him and we talk to Him according to the formula that we have that we will elaborate. So we stand before Hashem, it is the Amida. We stand and we're not allowed to be leaning. We don't sit. Other parts of davening, our posture is unimportant. And it's true, the Mishnah discusses what posture you should have when you say Shema, for example, but essentially one can be in any position, standing, sitting, leaning, even potentially moving. But the Amida, we stand still. The Amida, the uh, Svarim say, is Yichud with Hashem. No matter how crowded the room, we are having a private moment a private rendezvous, a private conversation. And that's why it's not only called the Amida, it is referred to specifically as the silent Amida. Other parts of davening we say out loud. Other parts of davening we hear ourselves in order to increase and promote our concentration. But the Amida is the silent Amida. It is a private conversation between us and Hashem. And so we've been leading towards this. We spoke at the beginning of Siddur Snippets that the development and evolution of davening, each time we daven, particularly Shacharis we're talking about, very much imitates or parallels a relationship between human people, the courtship that takes place. Psuke de Zimra is getting to know Hashem. We remember who Hashem is before we could have a conversation or rendezvous with Him, before we pour, our, pour out our heart to Him. We have to remember who He is and why we're here, why He's worthy of a conversation and investing in that relationship. So Psuke de Zimra, the core two themes are the revelation of Hashem through nature, and through history. And we studied that every sentence of Psuka de Zimra, the paragraphs of Tehillim that were chosen were done so by design, specifically because they highlight Hashem appearing to us, being accessible to us, our feeling is guiding and through nature, the miracle of nature, that there's no such thing the Ramban says, all of nature is Hashem, and through history, the unfolding of history. And once we've come to know each other, now we're ready to get engaged. Now we're ready to enter a commitment with the Ribbon Shalom. Shema and the brachos before and after are Kabbalah Somachu Shemaim. That is the engagement period where we've taken it from more than a courtship, more than getting to know him, so to say, to entering a commitment with him and to him. And that's what the brachos of Shema reflect. We're obligated to Hashem because we are part of creation, the first bracha before Shema, all of creation owes its existence to Hashem, and therefore we owe Him just by virtue of our creation. And the second bracha before Shema, more specifically, the Jewish people, He chose us and He charged us with our unique mission. And we remember that in our covenant and our commitment to Him, Shema via hafta, the obligation to love, Kabbalah sol mitzvos, the obligation to perform. Love is a verb, not a noun. We're summarizing 380 sitter snippets in six minutes. And that is what Shema and its brachos represent, from the courtship to the commitment. And then a couple who are engaged have their wedding night. They have that next level commitment, commitment of marriage. And the commitment of marriage is sealed with yichud, 
The way a couple demonstrate that they are married, that they have a unique and distinct relationship, it's not shared with others, is the fact that they have yichud, that they are alone, something that was previously prohibited. They demonstrate that rendezvous, that intimacy, that connection through yichud. And that is the amida. We've talked about him, we've meditated, we've reflected, we've taken a commitment upon ourselves, and now we're ready to stand and talk to him. To enter a yichud room, so to say, with Hashem, which is the, which is the amida. And that's why other parts of Davina, you could sit, you could lean, you could recline, because you're talking about Hashem, but the Amida, we're talking to Hashem. That's why other parts of davening potentially can have interruptions. Famously, the Mishnah delineates sometimes out of fear, sometimes out of honor, between paragraphs, during paragraphs, interruptions are not only permissible, sometimes the way we show our commitment to Hashem is to be like Hashem, which is to practice Derech with his other children. Technically, the halacha is, one is allowed to interrupt even if in the middle of the Shema. It's always been peculiar to me. Shema's deraisa, Shema you're biblically obligated to say. Shemona Esrei, we'll talk about, even according to the opinions that davening daily is biblical, the Rambam, but the Shemona Esrei itself was authored as rabbinic. The text itself, the liturgy itself, is derabonon. So why is it that the Mishnah describes, I feel nachash, even if there's a snake coiled around your ankle, even if there's a king who comes who interrupts, you're not allowed to interrupt if you're in the middle of the Amidah. The Amid is Durabonon, and Shema is Duraisa. Shema you can interrupt, and that which is Durabonon you can't? Doesn't seem to make sense. Of course, the mission is talking, it's not life-threatening. If it were life-threatening, of course, preserving and saving your life supersedes not interrupting the Amidah. But why? Why should the Amidah be stricter or stronger than Shema if it's on technically, so to say, a lower level? And the answer is, Shema you're talking about Hashem. Hashem says, you're talking about me? Go be like me. Somebody's talking, it's going to be rude. Someone's talking, you're not going to show respect or honor or in fear. So be like me rather than talk about me. But the Amida, we're talking to Hashem. When you talk to Hashem, when you're in His presence, when you're pouring out your heart, you can't interrupt. You can't take another phone call. You can't enter another conversation. We have an audience. We're in the Yichud room. Somebody knocks on the Yichud room door. You don't let them in. Hopefully the Eide Yichud don't let them in. You don't let them in. You're in Yichud. This is a private conversation. And that is the Amida. And that's why the posture for other parts of davening can be somewhat casual. But the Amida, we stand. And not only do we stand, the Amida, you're not allowed to lean. If you're leaning on something, and to the degree that if you took it away, you would fall, so you're putting your weight on something, you're leaning on something, then that's improper, that's not correct. For the Amida, you have to stand. It's one thing you position, your hands are on the chair, on a stender, but you can't be leaning. We're not talking about somebody who needs it for support, but we're talking about somebody who otherwise is healthy because we don't lean on anything else when we're in conversation with Hashem. Talking to Hashem, we don't lean, our weight is not carried by anything else. We exclusively feel a sense of dependence on Him, and that speaks to the posture we take too with the three steps that we take forward. We'll continue with the Mitzvah Hashem tomorrow night.